Hi, I'm Dan from Desert Island Dicks. This week we are joined by the wonderful comedian Helen Bauer, and she's funny because that's what comedians are. Um, it's a good episode. At one point she calls me a fucking moron. Did we have a fight, or was it just banter? I don't know. You'll have to find out. Oh, there's a little tease for you. Anyway, um, as always, I'd just like to pop up here and remind you that um, you can have your say on who and what you think is a dick, because every week we do an episode called Compact Dicks, and that's where you can have your say so get in touch with us at dickspod.com slash contact or give us a shout on twitter or instagram at dickspod and we might read yours out it would be wonderful if you would subscribe to this podcast and also just give us a rating and a review because these kind of things make an awful lot of difference to how many people see us and find us and that kind of thing and it's a boring thing to ask for i know a lot of people ask this sort of thing in podcasts but that's because it makes so much difference that it's really useful and you know, we don't ask you to buy merch or anything because we don't have any merch. Uh, so instead, if you could just take a second now to just go on to wherever you listen to this and just give it a nice rating and a lovely review. Um, if you don't like it, then I want you to keep your opinions to yourself. I don't want this to be a balanced exercise. I just want good reviews and ratings and subscriptions, please. So thank you very much. Um, that's it for this bit of the intro. Let's listen to the main body of the podcast. Here it is. It's Desert Island Dicks with Helen Bauer. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest and here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is comedian Helen Bauer. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Dan Benedictus. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I feel like my... my, uh... World is full of very grown-up things at the minute, none of which I can be bothered to do. But other than that, I'm doing okay. I feel like the world is full of such grown-up things at the moment. And then, just mm. to add to it, you've asked us to sit here and discuss an awful tragedy happening and us being <laughs> stuck with miserable things on somewhere we don't want to be. Mm. So it's like, you're very much doubling down. Yeah, yeah. I thought, you know, two negatives make a positive, don't they, in the end, I, th- I think is yeah. right. So maybe... But it's like you're like... A teenager with depression who's listening to James Blunt. Like, you're mm. just, you're going for it, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I respect it. Good for you. <laughs> I did think the other day that, like, it's really annoying doing lots of grown-up stuff. And then I was like, yeah, but what age would I be if I wasn't now? And I was like, yeah, no, pretty much. It's, like, there's loads of shit at other times. So I think maybe apart from, like, early 20s, which comes about as close to living in a consequence-free environment as it's possible to be, but... Maybe that's but I feel right. like in your early spectacles. 20s, you're paranoid the whole time, though. You're so stressed yeah. that everything does have consequences. So I don't think you get to enjoy it. Mm. Oh, okay. man. Well, this fair. is a really fun vibe. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going <laughs> to... Sorry about that. I apologise. Um... No, don't. I love it. <laughs> how do you find... I mean, how did you find the process of making your choices today? I mean, are you generally a sort of optimistic person or...? I am. Yeah, I think I am. This is the problem. Like I have fantasized about being like stranded on a desert island. I fantasize about like being on a plane that crashes and it's always fun. Like I always enjoy the drama of the situation because I always assume I survive and save someone despite the fact there's no way I would. Like I have no survival skills technically. 
but it's part of my enjoyment in my free time in my headspace that I do. Wow. Okay. Well, that's sort of like, that's sort of almost beyond optimism. That's, uh, I mean, that's quite, a, quite an impressive It's like feat. it's psychotic. <laughs> it's fucked up. I was trying to explain it to a friend recently because like there's something broken in me. I don't know what's happened, but I've never had a nightmare but I've had dreams that other people would describe as nightmares, but I just really fucking enjoy them. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. That's... <laughs> Are you going to kick me off the podcast? No, Am I allowed no, so to I'm still just, do uh... this, even though there's something wrong with me? No, I'm just uh, just wondering if maybe we should send you in for tests, because it sounds like it's quite a beneficial trait to have, so... Uh... Maybe we can share it amongst the population somehow. Maybe. Okay, well, let's see how we get on with this then. Uh, who's going to be your first person <laughs> okay. uh, you're choosing for the island? I'm picking my drama teacher from school. Okay, right. And uh, are we allowed to know their name or is it, are we just going to say... Oh, we can totally say it. Mrs. <laughs> okay. Fucking Horner. Mrs. Horner. That's a good sort of teacher name, isn't it? It really is. This is the thing. I mean, maybe we should bleep it out, but it's such a good teacher name. But... I just, I couldn't, I don't want to see them in real life. And if they were on an island, I'd have so many questions for them as to why they were such a dick that I think it would just be insufferable. I don't think I'd work well with them to get and rescued. And what was their, what were their, how did their dickness manifest? What were their sort of special moves? Okay, this is the thing, because other people don't think that she was a massive dick, but I know that she was. Um, main reason is when I was in year 11, she didn't let me be in the school play because she said I was too tall, <laughs> which is such a dick move. Yeah. And it was a chorus of women. And she was like, oh, you're too big for the chorus. And I was only six foot one. Like, I wasn't like double take freak out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she... She just hated me. She would always, like, ask in front of the students, like, like constantly digging at me. I remember once in front of the whole year, I was, like, 15, and she was, oh, Helen Bauer, why can't you walk like a woman? Because I was playing Marilyn Monroe, which was a bit of a stretch, in all fairness. But <laughs> I remember being like, what the fuck? That's so humiliating. Mm. And she was one of those really awful drama teachers who would just belittle and make fun of everyone in the class right yeah and also i knew that she was having an affair so <laughs> i also knew that so then i think she knew that i knew and then she didn't like me <laughs> i mean i would think that you need to be extra nice to the people who know that you're having an affair so yeah don't... but everyone knew because she was doing it in the geography cupboard with mr metcalf definitely wow. beat these names <laughs> <laughs> but like she oh she was so mean mm. and also I think I put more on her because I was one of those kids I wasn't academic I didn't do well in all my exams at all but like I loved drama and it was the one thing I was okay at and then she ruined it for me <laughs> yeah oh there's such a responsibility there with things like that with like creative subjects where you're supposed to sort of lose yourself yeah. and kind of be without ego and, and then someone just it absolutely brings you back to earth with a bump. That's the thing. So you, you hear sometimes about sort of uh, drama teachers who are kind of like, you know, you've got to sort of be totally unembarrassed and it's quite hard and, you know, sort of shed any yeah. ego and stuff. But at the same time, like, it probably is also fine if you're just really encouraging to people. That's the thing. I think the problem was is that my drama teacher before her at school in, like, year seven, eight, nine was great and really fun and really encouraging of people. 
And then my drama teacher at college was also super fun, super great, super kind. And mm. this was just this one sort of like stick in the mud who was like, well, you can't be in the school play. You're fucking ugly. And it's like, what is wrong with you? Put everyone in it, you freak. <laughs> yeah. And, and especially if it's like, if it's just a chorus, I mean, that has no bearing on your height. It's not like you're playing like one of the seven dwarves or something. Daniel, preach. This is the thing. It's a chorus. <laughs> Like every, they let people in year eight in who couldn't even act. And I was year 11, this was my last chance. Mm. Like I was so annoyed. I was, I remember crying so, so much. And also she was the other drama teacher who I got on with when I auditioned for the school play in year eight. Apparently this mean drama teacher said, oh no, you definitely can't have her in one of the lead roles. Even though I was like really close. And then the other drama teacher pulled me in and was like, it's cause she doesn't like you. And I was like, I fucking knew it. It's drama, oh man. Oh, my God. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah. Oh, so, it's a small I mean, town but... school drama department. That's where you get the sort of crap, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And having them on the island as well, because, I mean, that those sort of things at that kind of formative age, it's just so hard to get over, isn't it? It's just, and imagine <laughs> just seeing them all the time. Even though you're an adult, you know, you'd, you'd, there'd still be a sort of weird sense of, like, I don't know, could you talk to them as an equal? Even no, because like, I don't trust her. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> I don't think, I think she'd want us to fail as far as being on the island and finding food. I don't think she'd share anything. I don't think she'd help out. She just mm. had bad vibes, man. Yeah. Vibes. I always think there's something really flawed about a lot of kind of uh, high school drama because it's things like they go, right, we're going to do trust exercises. And you go, yeah. But this is bullshit because I'm only catching this person because I'll get into trouble if I let yeah. them hit the floor. Like, yes. I hate this person. I don't, you know, and they hate me. They don't trust me. I'm just doing as I've been told so I don't have a detention, you know. It's so true, actually. It's really bad. And it's like, is that what we're basing this level of trust and intimacy on? And then like, let's start with trust exercises before I tear you apart in front of all your peers. Preach. And also, like, drama departments, like when I was at school, so this is 2009, 2008, 2007. And like, it was a lot of like really dramatic stimulus for like all of us who had never gone through anything because we're kids in like a nice middle-class town. And we would be doing like, okay, so you want to work a still image on the theme of death. And okay, we're going to be doing the Rwandan genocide today. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, so I remember when I was in the school play in year 10, I played a slut, um, like a mistress. <laughs> and I was like, what sort, what, what sort of part is this for a child? <laughs> I mean, I was yeah. very good, but still. Yeah. <laughs> Madness, man. Madness. Yeah. I think there's certain things. I mean, in a way, there's something, even though it's a very different vibe, but there's something similar to like a PE teacher in them sometimes where it's like, mm -hmm. you know, you can really sort of stir something passionate in someone about mm -hmm. this pursuit of like fitness or drama but at the same time you mm -hmm. can absolutely destroy any love for it as well you know because it's both things kind yeah. of can lead to a lot of embarrassment and ridicule if if you know you're not oh. sort of mm -hmm. on your game mm -hmm. for sure and it's usually the students who love and love drama and love PE are the ones who aren't that academically strong in the other subjects and that is their outlet yeah. so it's like if you're there being like absolutely like could you imagine a PE teacher being like you can't be on the team 
because your like foot size is too small. Mm. Like it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. But if it does, then that PE teacher should be put in hell. Maybe in things like gymnastics or something, you know, I can imagine it like a school in Russia, them kind of going, you, you're too fat. You must go to shot put. <laughs> I was about to say, what school did you go to with a gymnastics team? You know, but you know, I mean, there's probably like some academies somewhere where it's just like, no, you're too big. You're doing shot put, right? You can be a ballerina. You know, I think, I don't know. Oh my God. But when it's a chorus of women where you should all be different shapes and sizes and you're in year 11, so it's your last shot, mm. like, there should be a tall one in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Well, yeah, she sounds like a pain in the ass and an absolute dick. So she's joining you. Thank you. Who's going to be your next dick? Uh, Beyonce. Beyonce. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I want to hear your workings out for this because, you know, she's, I would say, fairly widely, uh, she's, I know, she's a fairly popular woman, isn't she? I mean, it's fair yeah, to say. Yeah, I love her. I think she's flawless. I think she's great. <laughs> um, I have nothing bad to say about her. It's just that I'm a loud woman who is half German and feels the need to be in control of all situations. And if Beyonce's on the island, everyone's going to let her be in control and be the leader. <laughs> and I will not be second to anyone. <laughs> so she cannot come. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, the arrogance of me thinking that she's the only person that would take control over me in the world is Beyonce. <laughs> but that's the only one I put down. <laughs> I just think that she would, everyone would be like, oh my God, Beyonce's here. Mm. Instead of being like practically doing stuff. Yeah. So we'd all be like, oh, teach us single ladies. Let's do a sing song. Like, tell us like why you stayed with Jay-Z. Like all the, like the stuff you want to know. Mm. Yeah. And I don't think that'd be very practical. I just think Beyonce's one of those people who I've seen her in interviews and she seems like such a sweet, caring, humble Rich. person. But mm -hmm. I also think there's a level of celebrity there which she will already be high maintenance. And then she's like the one of the biggest female celebrities in the world. And then she's in the genre of R&B as well. I just think there's like all of these factors stacking on top of each other until she's probably one of the most high maintenance people in the entire world. As nice as she is in interviews. Like with Mariah Carey, she's not trying to hide it at all. Like, you know oh, that no. she's going to be an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Whereas Beyonce, you think, oh, but she's so sweet to her fans in that interview, you know. But behind it, I mean, I bet she's got a fuck of a lot of requirements. I mean, I'm not being fooled into thinking that she's an angel who's kind all the time. I mean, Destiny's Child was originally five until they kicked out two of them and had Beyonce as the only lead. Mm. Like, let's not pretend that she was the sweetest, most angelic peach of all time. <laughs> I just think she would be a distraction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm um, sorry to say it because I would like to hang out with her. I just don't think this is the right time. <laughs> <laughs> Has yeah. other people done this where they've picked people that they just don't want to meet in those circumstances? Yeah, no, it does happen. It does happen. And I think it's fair because I think there's added pressure. If you just hate someone, you know, like it's either going to go downhill and you're going to kill each other or you might yeah. find a common ground. Whereas like there's in a way you can only be you can only get what you expect out of the situation. Like, you know, they don't surprise you. They're as much of a dick as you expect. Or you're pleasantly surprised and you learn to get along. Mm -hmm. With someone that you hold on such a high pedestal, you know, there's so much to lose. 
it's too much of a risk for me. Yeah. I don't want to take it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm afraid it's Beyonce. Or you'd end up kind of going, oh, don't worry, Beyonce, I'll do that for you. You know, and you end up doing extra work and then you kind of start resenting her, even though it was your idea to do it. So that's the thing. I think I would automatically resent her that she was there. Like, why the fuck are we on the same plane? Mm. Like, I would just be so confused. And I just, I can just imagine the other people just fawning over her when I'm like, we need to build a fire. They're like, Beyonce wants some coconut juice. And I'll be like, it's fucking milk. It's not even juice. And I'll just be getting more and more frustrated, you know? And I reckon even fresh coconut juice at this point might not be enough for her. I bet she's used to some kind of crazy celebrity coconut treatment that, you know, you can't even do, even though it's like, it's just come off the tree. It's organic. It's the best it can possibly be, Beyonce. I think um, I think it's going to be quite difficult for you. And there's just me in the corner trying to, like, build an SOS sign. Yeah, yeah. It'd, be, it'd be sad, I think. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I think that's a fair choice. Um, and even if, even if you know, she did let you sort of take charge, it might just, I don't know, you might at some point just feel a bit like, oh, but it's Beyonce, though. I mean, it's, it's, But this is the thing, I'm already B. pissed off that you said let you take charge. Why am I not the automatic leader? <laughs> I just, I mean, I've watched, like, Lost. Like, I don't want to be another one of the women who are just waiting for the men to come fix it, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I know Beyonce is a woman. It's just that she's got enough. She doesn't need to be the hero of this island. I do. I need this. Yeah. It might be the other way. And she's so used to having people doing stuff for her. Like, you know, it's it's sort of okay. But, you know, she she has to be told what to do and where to go so often. Yeah. Maybe it'd be okay. But, but not on this island because this island is full of dicks. And so she's playing that role. And uh, I don't think you're going to get along, unfortunately. Plus, your drama teacher is going to be in hysterics, I think, just sort of fawning over her. And that's going to be annoying, isn't it? Imagine if they form a bond. Oh, for sure. For fucking sure. The two of them will be there plaiting each other's hair and I'll be livid in the corner. <laughs> okay, then who's going who's gonna, to uh, round off? Who's going to be your final dick? Um, the character of Warner from Legally Blonde. Okay, now, I have seen <laughs> Legally Blonde, but it's a long time... But you time don't ago. know it? I don't know it, I'm sorry. Um, That's mad. But for, That's mad. For people who don't, for example, um, give, us, give us a little uh, synopsis of this person. Warner Huntington III is literally a trash can filled with shit. <laughs> he is going out with Elle Woods, who is literally the woman who has got everything and anything that anyone could ever want as a quality in another person, particularly a partner. And then he's like, I don't want you. You're blonde. You're trash. I need someone smart so I can live on the East Coast and have loads of babies and be a lawyer. <laughs> so then she's like, OK, well, I'll go to Harvard and I'll study alongside you. Then you'll realise you want me back. And then he just talks down to her. He belittles her. He's already got a new fiance. He defends someone when Elle gets sexually assaulted. He's literally a pile of fucking shit. He's also crazy privileged and knows it. Ugh, mm. I hate him. I hate him. And I know he doesn't actually exist, but he does exist. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I've just looked up a picture of him and... And it, gross, right? Yeah, it, like he's sort of like squeaky clean cut sort of plastic looking kind of guy he looks mm. like a total douchebag um so even you know even without knowing him intimately i can um absolutely agree with you wholeheartedly it's kind of making me quite annoying looking at pictures of him yes and then it's just you can picture how he like you can hear almost how he speaks by looking at the image of him 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Like super yeah. condescending and nasty, but like re- like he's that sort of guy who's never been actually funny, but thinks he's hilarious. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Gross. Definitely. So and obviously, you know, we're not talking about the actor who played him here. I mean, this, we're talking about this character in in the film. So yeah. you know, he is going to continue to be uh, problematic and and um, condescending and everything as well mm-hmm. on the island. Yeah, because Warner Huntington the Third still exists even though he never existed. I might have watched it too many times as a kid and got too invested in the film. I'm realising that now as I speak, but still. <laughs> well, no, but he has to exist as a type, doesn't he, for people to identify, Tights. you know, that character in the in the film. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, just putting him... I mean, it sounds like him on an island with three women, any three women, is going to be hard enough anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I mean, given that you want to take charge of the situation, mm-hmm. I mean, forget Beyonce. It sounds like this is going to be the power struggle here. Really? Because I think I would just drown him. Like, I don't know how much of a struggle there would be. Am I allowed to kill on the island? Yeah, you could do whatever whatever makes you happy on the island. You know, well, whatever you can try to make, do to make yourself happy. But, um, well, that's, yeah, that's true. But then, I don't know, it's, maybe I was going to say, do you want to start off your island life on a downer? But actually, it's probably quite a good thing for you. Probably you'd be quite happy after that. In my, yeah, I don't know how much of a downer it would be. I think I'd feel quite satisfied. I'd be like, this one's for L. Maybe mm. maybe not death, that's a bit much. But like, maybe keep him in sort of like a, sh- like a handmade jail I make. Mm. Could you, know? you, I mean, would you be prepared to eat him if you killed him? No, that's going to be gross. You can just imagine the taste and it's just rancid. <laughs> I'd rather use his bones for utensils if I wanted to use his body. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that's... <laughs> That's wow, fair. I thought about this way more than I should have. Wow, that was disgusting. <laughs> no, but you know what? Just just looking at pictures of him online, it's uh, yeah, it's I don't know. He looks like yeah, an you awful, awful you person. So yeah, mm. and as I say, like I think the combination of the three of you, oh sorry, the four of you, is going to mm-hmm. make it make it very messy. I just think you don't need like any sort of condescending kind of person on the island with you. I mean, you basically you want. You know, you want to find the most sort of egalitarian, egoless group of people possible for this kind of scenario. So I can be the ego. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I think the thing is what we're trying to get to here is realistically, I want to start a cult and I don't want a challenge for leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with starting a cult. So, yeah. Yeah. Really? OK. Well, I don't know. I just like the idea of it all just descending into madness. You know, you might as well. Mm-hmm. You might as well. Um, Great. Yeah. I wonder if it's hard or easy to turn Beyonce uh, into a cult follower. I mean, mm. Scientology does well with celebrities, doesn't it? So maybe they're quite malleable. Yeah, but Beyonce was raised like in a super Christian religious family. Yeah, so she's, she's already she got her beliefs. I think she? she's already got her beliefs, yeah. Mm. Oh well, well that's okay. You need to make the atmosphere toxic anyway, so this only adds to to the sort of the broth. So I think it's yes. it's fine. Okay, now mercifully, amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately <gasps> for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What Fuck are they, sake. and why are they so bad? Okay, goat's cheese is disgusting, and mm-hmm. I refuse to entertain the idea that people are enjoying it. And also milk. Okay. I don't get it. I don't, particularly adults who drink glasses of milk. Mm. It yeah. it turns my tummy. <laughs> okay. Well, I think they're both fair choices. Let's unpack them a bit. Should we start with the goat's cheese then? What is it in particular? I literally, 
It smells like vomit. Mm. It just smells wrong. And I swear I never even came across it until about nine years ago. And then it was just everywhere. It's one of those things. I, where was I? I was in Devon somewhere once. And I was somewhere where there was a load of wild goats walking around. Yeah. And as one of them walked past me, it smelt so strongly of goat's cheese. And I realised, no. Yes. Goat's cheese smells of goat. That's it. It's like, it's so, they have such a strong goat flavour to them that like it mm-hmm. permeates through their milk and everything it's like what is that in you that's making it so good i mean like lamb obviously has like a strong taste compared to beef but it's like this extra goat sort of sour tang on everything it's quite bizarre yeah i think i also get more pissed off with it because I, lo- I love cheese i do really like cheese it's just that goat's cheese is just having its day and it's ruining a lot of sandwiches and a lot of tarts it's just I don't know. I don't get it. I don't. I don't. Even the smell of it makes my like, like I want to bulge. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> yeah, I think I, it's not going to be a good island food, is it? Because it's going to be, you know, when it's warm, that's mm-hmm. not. I mean, that's the worst. But thing where you could is have. it a good food? Give me an example where you're like, oh, I really want like a solid block of dairy that tastes like goat. Yeah, I mean, it's weird though because so many cheeses are so strong in different ways. You know, all from mm-hmm. the cow. And they're all strong in different ways. But a goat is such a singular thing. Like, all goat's cheese tastes kind of the same, even though they're different. It's like that goatiness running through it. Whereas with <laughs> cows, you know, like with a cheese made yeah, with, no cow, with cow milk, yeah. they can taste wildly different. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not like one thing that binds it together so much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think um, it was something like what this place I went to, uh, where they had these wild goats there must have just been a local thing because they had an ice cream van and it had goat's milk ice cream and even then you're like there's the tang i can get it i say like, and i don't mind goat's cheese but when it's in fucking ice cream you're like come on guys let's see i'd be willing let's... to give the ice cream a go that's where mm. i'd be like oh no i'll be exciting because it's not that i'm anti-goats using their milk for products i just that little oh it's just it's so disgusting why is I it in every quiche as well it is it's unavoidable and also because i live in london as well and it's just it's just a thing it's a thing it's a phase <laughs> yeah whereas i was st- i'm still enjoying halloumi i'm a little bit more behind i think <laughs> fair enough yeah I, I, a friend of mine uh was a vegetarian or is a vegetarian and they just said it's so often is just the default vegetarian option is some kind of like goat's cheese tart it's like Mm-hmm. I think probably these days it's a bit better, you know, but they just said so much of their life they had to, so that was the only thing. It's like, eat that or have like nothing really and just sit there kind of while people question <laughs> so you about bad, vegetarianism. So in the end, they were just they were like, I can't fucking eat any more of this shit. I, I wonder if it's like, if you think of the animal, there's something a bit obstinate about a goat, isn't there? And um yeah. Just sort of a bit kind of like, yeah, fuck you. I'm going to do what, you know, like like a goat, a camel. There's those sort of animals that just seem a bit like, <laughs> I'll do what the fuck I want, mate. And it's almost like that's the thing that turns the milk a bit sour. It's just their like, <laughs> fuck you approach to life. But that's why I like the goat so much. The goat is an animal. I'm so behind. Mm. So if I could have a goat on the island, I'd it wouldn't be dicks because I'd be over the moon. Yeah. But... It's just, I just don't think it's meant to become a cheese. Okay, it's just a cheese. Well, I think that's fair. And um, so, and then to drink, to wash it down, a lovely big glass of cow's milk. 
Maybe I've got like an aversion to dairy that I've never realised. But like, have you, do you drink milk, like a glass full of milk as an adult? Do you know what? There was a fate. I never did. Like my mum always used to try and make me as a child because she's Australian yeah, and, you know, uh-huh. on the, in Australia, it's like America. Like, a lot of kids just drink milk with dinner and I was always a puny little kid. So she was trying to sort of fatten me up and get me a bit stronger. But I always resisted. Yeah. And then as a grown up, I started when I started going to the gym and I was like, oh, this is like extra sort of proteiny snack you know at work I'll have a glass of milk but I was always so Ugh. sort of um embarrassed by the idea of being a grown-up drinking milk I'd always pour it in a mug so people couldn't notice <laughs> for fuck's sake and then like I secret started... eating yeah yeah and I'd just sort of neck it and I was like oh this is kind of nice it's like cream in a in a glass and or mug and um but then oh, I'm gonna have to be quite graphic here so I started getting like incredibly bad wind and I thought it oh was like, I thought it was because I was eating a lot of porridge and it was something about the oats or something. So I thought, oh, fuck, it must be the oats. Because <laughs> I was literally coming home from work and I'd have to sort of look behind me in the street to make sure I could sort of let some wind escape because it oh was getting to be this much of a problem. Yeah, that's like, a bad was, level you're at. Yeah, and I was cutting out different things going, why is it all this thing? You know, I can't eat porridge breakfast anymore. That was a good breakfast I had going there. And then my wife suddenly went, maybe it's the milk rather than anything else and it fucking was so now i'm i'm with you i'm like it makes it makes me unbearable so so you were, you were just to check you were having like a milky porridge and then also a glass of milk and you didn't think it might be the dairy well one was like in the morning i'd have like the porridge and then no, but maybe still in the within afternoon. the same 24 hours well because yeah but i'm you know I'm, oh I'm you almost... fucking moron man what the fuck <laughs> but but also but i'm almost 39 and i've never had any problem with dairy so i didn't think you know the idea of suddenly this but i'd never had oats really i never used to like porridge so that was the oh new my thing God. but you know i'd always been having dairy since i was a child so i didn't i didn't know that i'm, I'm not the kind of guy who's lactose intolerant <laughs> fuck that you know <laughs> <laughs> just the idea of you looking behind you on the street is just so disgusting <laughs> I, it was, no that's how bad it got though it's like this that's is such a low point for anyone isn't it to yeah, be it like was. oh i better it... check i know i was like this is fucking unbearable you know wow um, wow so yeah so fuck milk well thank you for sharing that means a lot to me that you felt comfortable enough to do that <laughs> yeah well you know i think yeah why not why not i but it does it, i so now i'm basically really anti it and and you're right like grown-ups drinking milk yeah. it's fucking weird I just, I, and also I'm the same as you, like I was forced to drink a glass a day when I was younger. My mum definitely tried to get me and my siblings to drink it because it was that whole like, it's good for your bones or like calcium. Or She had like a reason that she was like, you guys need to do this. And I just, it, oh, I hated it so much. And I still think that. And mm. then a friend of mine is a comedian called Neil O'Rourke knows that I hate it and just keeps ordering glasses of milk when we're out together. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's just, it's so wrong. And also, I've seen milk go out of date with me so many times in the house and I've poured it into a tea or a coffee and it's curdled. And that mm. image, I've got the image of it curdling inside my body as well when it hits the warmth <laughs> of the stomach. Yeah. I've definitely got this in my head. It's something worse than it is. <laughs> but, like, I'd rather do the, like, I'm a celebrity eating challenges than drink a glass of milk. 
Yeah, it's it's just it's not even it's not thirst quenching, but it's not filling like food. It's like this weird middle ground. Yeah. I mean, you know, as a thing in itself, it's such an incredibly useful. You know, I'm saying this is I've got a seven week old son here, so you know, oh, just wow. seeing this tiny thing grow and like double yeah. his weight on just milk for like you know they have that for like six months. That's all they all mm-hmm. that sustains them is milk. I just think it's this incredibly mad. Th- thing that exists but also like we're all grown-ups now we're not in the middle ages and we don't need like extra cal- i don't think we need extra calcium that much you know it's like we're all probably okay as adults living in 2021 in a western civilization right just you know after you're like four you don't need yeah. it i don't think this thing do what you want to do in the privacy of your own home but i don't want to go into a fucking nero and see an adult there drinking a glass of milk that's just where the line is drawn no do it in privacy with decency <laughs> yeah there's those adverts sometimes you see for is it like when those you know there's like branded milk it's like cravendale or something oh yeah and occasionally yeah, yeah, yeah. you see an advert for it and there's like a they oh, tried did this ad campaign where there was like a guy yeah. trying to be cool in a bar with a glass of milk and you're like no <laughs> fuck off mate come on you're the weirdo but the weird thing is is that i've got such strong opinions about a glass of milk but i fucking love a milkshake I have okay. milk on my cereal. Like, it's so weird, but it's just the action of the one glass. I need it to be mixed mm. with something, and then I'm happy. Even a Nesquik, and I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's fair, though. I think you can... Because milk doesn't have a strong enough taste on its own to, like, overpower the chocolate that no. you're putting in it. So, yeah. And, oh, God, Hot Island milk. You know, it's like in Anchorman, milk was the wrong Don't. choice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Good choices. Okay, now, fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on the island. Yes! The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time, and the other is your least favourite song. What are they and why? Okay, my least favourite song, this one's pretty easy because it's a song, you know when you're in those long comedy car shares and someone's like, oh, I know the saddest song of all time, and you're like, well, don't play it, don't play it, and they're like, no, it's so bad, it'll make you cry guaranteed, and you're like, don't play it, so then they play it five times in a row. Mm. I had that situation, and it's a song by a guy um, called Mount Erie, and he did a song called Real Death, (laughs) and it is hauntingly upsetting he's not even singing it's just like someone's there and then they're not and it's not for singing about it's not for making into art like it's so miserable and they wouldn't stop playing it and then I got it in my head and then I it made it onto like my most played song of 2018 (laughs) which is worrying for me and I never want to hear it again. Yeah, God, that sounds horrendous. And is it meant to, it's like, it's not meant to, it's meant to be like, it's serious. It's not like a sort of a jokey song. About... No, no, this is a song that he wrote like five days after his wife died. Fucking hell. It's intense. And I love an intense, sad song. It's just that I prefer more like, Celine Dion, it's all coming back to me now. Natalie and Bruley are torn. than one where you can actually hear a guy having a breakdown. Yeah, I mean, I kind of think as an artist, do whatever you need to do to get your feelings out, but then totally. maybe don't share them. <laughs> you know? Totally. Yes. And yeah. Because there's a lot like that, aren't there? And it's like, yeah, you know. And and also, I think at the back of their mind, they know that the extra backstory makes it more sellable. You know, it's like, yeah. oh no, no, but oh, this is real because, oh uh, you know, Eric Clapton's son actually died. And you're like, fuck, man. What? Yeah. He, he, Did you Eric know, Clapton sort of lose his son? 
That um, if I saw you no. in heaven, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my god, I don't know, but I'm gonna listen to that now, and then that could go on my list as well. That's <laughs> gonna be really sad too. <laughs> Um, but so, yeah, yeah it's not a fear of sad songs it's just this one just took it that one step too far and then i listened to it too much so i've got to get rid of it oh man yeah i know that sounds so what so you did actually like it at one point though it was like a morbid fascination with it yeah i wouldn't say i ever liked it i just i got into a habit of listening to it a bit too much despite the fact that i'd always be like oh no not this again um I don't know. I think I just got really lazy with pressing skip on my Spotify. So I just got stuck with it. <laughs> and then also I got really obsessed with like showing it to people being like, oh my God, this is the saddest song ever. And like spreading the word about it. Like some sort of like creepy grim reefer with their like headphones. Like, do you want to hear it? It was just too much. And then my film, this is the thing. I'm doubling down on things that are just like have haunted me. Yeah. And this is a film where you're like, you must have these as well. A film that you had in your house growing up that you watched loads that you thought everyone had seen loads of times, but turns out it was just you and your siblings. Mm, yeah. So it's like one of those like films that someone had recorded on a VHS tape off the TV on a Sunday afternoon, but it's not actually a hit. And my mum, I have a li- I have no idea why she thought we'd like it. Recorded a puppet show <laughs> of Pia Gint. Okay. Which you don't need to, it's basically the creepiest puppets of a young boy that goes off into the woods i think somewhere in austria or germany mm. and he meets some goblins and some elves and then he meets this witch called uh green hilda like grüne hilda mm. or something like that and she spins loads of times and she laughs really maniacally <laughs> and then he has to run and escape and it's all done by this guy in all blacks just sort of holding and being like, this is the story of Pia Gint. And I don't think I slept for five years. <laughs> oh, man, that does sound terrifying. I can find a YouTube link and send it to you. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. someone out there knows it. It's just even the music, you know, do, 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 do. Like, if I hear that, I shit myself. <laughs> like, I've shit myself now. <laughs> it's unbelievable how creepy stuff used to be for kids. And it sort of feels like now... I watch stuff with my son and it's just so over the top kind of colours and shapes and explosions. Mm -hmm. But it's all, you know, none of it's really dark. There's this one sort of manga thing he likes a bit that's quite dark, but that's because he's going to be a goth when he's older. But... um, Oh, you've got a young goth. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's the one who's... How do you know? Well, he's almost four and he's, he's basically prefers staying in to going out. He doesn't like anything Great. too energetic. And, um, Great. For a four-year-old, that's amazing. Yeah, and he's wow. very, um, like, he's very articulate, but, like, he doesn't, like, he's scared of a lot of things like that aren't that scary, like slides in the park that other kids are fine with, even though they're half his age. But he's mm-hmm. not scared of anything that's, like, should be scary, like monsters and creepy shit. So, like... You know, in the morning, he'll get into bed, we'll have a little cuddle, and I'll give him my phone to just watch Netflix on while I desperately try and have another half an hour. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll see him watching this manga thing called Haunted House. I'm like, this is definitely not meant for, four, like, three-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is, like, a wow. bit older. And Are you scared? Because this is quite creepy. And he's like, no, no, I like it, it's fine. 
you know, but other things that aren't remotely challenging or scary freak him out. So I think he's like real like. That's so cool that you're raising a goth. I love it's that. It's weird, isn't it? Like it just, I don't, you know, I, and it's fine because I think goths are usually quite nice people. But um. Oh, the babes, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, how do I get on? Oh yeah. So, but stuff for him isn't that creepy. But then there was stuff when we were young or when I was young that isn't even meant to be creepy, and it's just fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Like the clangers, that exists still now, but it's got um, a voiceover on it, you know, so that's fine. It's got Michael Palin doing the voiceover. Whereas oh, does it? That's nice. Originally, there was no voiceover. And, and even though it's effectively the same thing, it's so much creepier with no voiceover. You know, when they I just never go, watched it before. That's the mice on the moon, isn't it? Yeah. Ooh. But, you know, take away any sort of voiceover explaining it in a kindly way. It's just a bit like, what, you know, what's yeah. going on? I think I was, because I was terrified of Noddy, I reckon, because I was so scared of this Pia Gint film, mm. that like, Noddy, there were these two elves or goblins that lived in the woods called Sly and Gobbo, and they would just fuck me up, man. I was, my mum would like, tell me, I was just so nervous for Noddy, whenever he went towards the woods, I'd be like, freaking out, like, don't you dare do it, you fucking idiot. <laughs> like, it's so stressful. But I think some kids take it on really well, and there's kids like me, who's just such a creep of a kid, who'd be like, Pierre Gint was in my room last night, mummy. Like, a freak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know what, I'm looking up uh, this on Google Images for Pierre Gint puppet, and <gasps> it's exactly... It's actually more terrifying than I thought it would be, but it's exactly the sort of, like, eerie, scary old pup. Like, they're the sort of puppets that are like, you know, if you went to your grandparents' house and they were puppeteers and mm-hmm. they just left it on, you know, there'd be one on the shelf <gasps> that always scared Yeah, so if you type you. in Peergant Puppet, the first image is Green Hilda with the yeah, I mean, red hair and the terrifying. green skin. Don't. Yeah. I fucking know. It's awful, oh, isn't man. it? Yeah, these are really... I'm not, I'm not at all surprised that you were terrified. Abs- I mean, more than terrified. It fucked me up. Like, I think I'm still suffering having watched that. But we watched it so many times. Because then, like, my big brother figured out that I hated it, so then he'd put it on more. Like, all the normal sibling stuff, you know? It's making me feel quite uneasy looking at them, um, you know. So. Stop looking at it. I'm sorry I yeah. brought this into the world again. No, it's fine. I have stopped. I have stopped. But, yeah, I think a very fine, a very fine choice. And just Christ being stuck with that. There's never going to be a point. It doesn't matter how long you're on the island that you're going to go, should we give it another go? It might be all right this now. Is, that, yeah. you know, now we've been here for six years. It might be better now. So it's not better. <laughs> it just gets worse and worse. Oh, man. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Well, <laughs> finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? Butterflies, because they can suck my dick. <laughs> Unless they like doing that, in which case I don't want them to do it. <laughs> I hate about... them. Really? I hate butterflies and moths. Okay, so you are grouping them together, okay? But I hate butterflies more than moths because I feel like they're faking it. At least moths are owning it, you know? Yeah, okay. They're yeah. owning their gross creepiness and how they're just dust. Butterflies, like when people say, Oh, I'm going to a butterfly house, I just I I lose so much respect for them so quickly. Mm. And I think what basically I I heard a rumour that a butterfly once got in someone's ear and lived there for a bit. And I believe that wholeheartedly, despite having no evidence. So whenever I see a butterfly, I'm like, you ain't fucking getting in there. I know that's what you want. And I feel like that's their entire game. Mm. And they um... just 
flit around you thinking like, oh, I'm so fit, I'm so fit. And it's like, well, yeah, loads of people are fit. You're not even that fit, you know? <laughs> they are weird. I mean, the whole metamorphosis thing is extraordinary, but also just fucking weird. Like, imagine if more yes. animals did that. I mean, imagine if big animals did that, like a cow became... I don't know, something that could fly. It's like, this isn't right. It's like, how many chances do you get? So you're a larvae, <laughs> then you're a caterpillar, then you cocoon yourself, and then you turn into a butterfly. Like, no one needs that much life to become mm. something that lives for 24 hours. It doesn't make sense. I don't know what their game is. Mm. And they're big. Some of them get really big, man. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I've been to like some of those big butterflies like i went to london zoo with my son and they had like a butterfly house there and when they're like Disgusting. the really big tropical ones it's like the size of a uh, bird but uh, you can't i just got a shiver down my spine <laughs> you can't see which way you know there's no way of telling which way it's going because of its erratic flying style it's just kind of floating yeah. around going ah, la, 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 yeah. la, 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 fuck. Mm-hmm. um so they're quite sort of yeah, where, what, you know, and they do that game? on purpose. They could fly in a straight line if they wanted to. They're trying to freak you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does seem ineffective. Honestly, I've had one land on me before, and you think it's like quite a sort of like oh, a butterfly move. It's kind of weird, no. like stickiness to it. It was like, like it, mm. it had, its legs were sort of sticky in a way that I haven't noticed when like a f- other flying thing has landed on me, and that put me off quite a lot. And it's also like that fragileness to it. Like if I just batted it away, would it die? Like, do you know, like, it's, they're just there. And mm. they're so, like, happens if one got in my mouth. I feel like they're trying to get in my orifices. <laughs> <laughs> don't know what's wrong with me. But then, like, I know loads of people that really don't like moths and find moths gross. Mm. But I don't understand how butterflies get away with it then. Because it's the same thing. Yeah, I think it's unfair when, when people sort of hate moths. And I think, it, I mean, I think either except they're the same thing but one's more colorful than the other or just you know it doesn't seem fair really um totally yeah um also i think if you're on the island and it's full of butterflies and you're just getting really pissed off and angry Mm. at them and it's the sort of thing that if you hate them a lot of people will be like but they're so pretty how can you how can you hate a butterfly they're so beautiful you know and then they make you think you're about they're trying to think you're a bad person there's a lot of shame that comes with disliking butterflies i think yeah like a lot of sort of like oh why are you angry at it but like i know the best thing to do is to get into water so i i can't just live in the water (laughs) to avoid the butterflies no i can't live like that no yeah i I think that's too much to ask of anybody to just live in the water after a plane crash so i think it's a, a, a fine choice yeah okay I'd get so pruney. <laughs> I'd hate it. All right. Well, look, Helen, I think you've picked a, a great selection of uh, people and things for your awful desert island full of dicks. And, um, you know, and I, and I think you've made strong cases for them as well. So so well done. And thank, thank you. you. This has been the worst chat of my life. It's just talking about the worst <laughs> things in my world. Hey. And now I feel disgusting and dirty and horrible. Aww. So thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. I thought maybe it would provide some catharsis, but obviously it's just made things worse. So. No, it's just made me look up a picture of the uh, peer gint, which is just not a good move for me. No. Because no, now I'm, I'm going to YouTube it just out of pure morbid curiosity, and that's 100% your fault. Yeah, I am sorry about that. Um, but also, Apology you know, by the same token, accepted. I've now seen it, having never heard of it before as well. So, you know, it's You're welcome. Of, you, got in a, you got in a couple of shots there yourself. Um, now, yes. Helen, 
obviously, you know, lockdown, this whole year has been a difficult time for comedians, but um, we're hopefully seeing a way out of it mm-hmm. soon. But where, where's the best place for people to kind of keep up to date with what you're up to at the minute or what you will be up to? I mean, obviously not loads to plug, but everything's on my Twitter and Instagram. If you want to give me a follow on there, that's always very much appreciated. Um, it's at Helen Bauer, so B-A-B-A-U-E-R, because there's another Helen Bauer. But follow her, she's actually very, very nice. And then I do a online gig every Thursday with Catherine Bohart called Gigless. So come check that out if you want some online comedy lols. Oh, and I have a podcast with Rosie Jones called Daddy Look At Me. I need to get better at this. <laughs> it's quite right. No, you've got... It's good. <laughs> that was such a mess. No, you've got a lot going on, so it's easy to forget one bit. But it sounds like you've got a few things. So, uh, yeah, good. And um, people can keep up to date with everything on your Twitter as well. So, lovely. But so, yeah, just follow on that. Leave everything else out of it. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Thanks again for coming on Desert Island Dicks today. Thank you. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.